Hey, it's Chris again, and we finally made it to oh, probably one of our favorite episodes, and we're going to mention that a number of times at the end of the episode as well. Uh, but this is our analysis paralysis episode, episode 73. The story behind this is we were playing a game with Josh of photosynthesis, which was supposed to take you know about an hour. I think it ended up taking like 20 or 30 hours. I don't know. Um, hindsight, you know, it's sort of skewed, whatever they say about that. Anyway, um, this was a really, really good episode, though. And we really enjoyed doing this one. This actually led to the next two episodes you're going to hear as well. So spoiler alert, this is 73. The next two are 74 and 75. Uh, don't listen ahead. Otherwise, you won't have anything to listen to in the next two weeks. But anyway, as always, if you think you've already heard this episode and you don't want to listen to it again, there is a link in, well, not a link, but a time point in the notes that you can skip to to just get to the new content at the end of the episode. Um, we're halfway through our summer episode replays, so we really look forward to being back. It's kind of weird not recording every week, but yeah. And Sydney and I are back from our kind of little pseudo in the middle of the woods Gen Con with our friends from the East Coast. And we're looking forward to doing some of the online stuff at Gen Con Online this week. Uh, I don't know specifically what, but if you want to... Actually, I, I would love to say meet me here or there or wherever, but it's all virtual. So who knows how this is all going to work. But anyway, I'm still looking forward to doing it. And that's enough. Let's just uh, listen to the show. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about tabletop games of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Josh. I'm Chris. And I'm Kitty. Today we're talking about Analysis Paralysis, or AP as it's known in the biz. It's a serious serious problem for some games, and even more serious for the gamers that have to play with them. Jeez, Chris really will say (laughs) anything to bash his (laughs) co-hosts. But first, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show. Yeah, you'd be quiet. <laughs> Emil Jilljam, George Gia, and Adam Harrison. Also, a huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. Thank you, Josh. Anytime. And did you pre-read that? I did pre-read that. <laughs> it basically, Chris put in a different line that said, geez, I really will read anything Chris types into this intro. So, naturally, I didn't say that. But. That's fair. I was just checking, you know, keeping keep hey, me on your toes. Keep me on my toes. I like it. Yep. <laughs> Um, so we literally just drove in from Wausau, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. drove for about five hours straight to Katie's place yep. so that we could record and drop an episode on Tuesday as planned. And that's because I'm going to fly to Dallas on Monday night. So this is our only chance. Yes. But because we are dedicated to you, the listener, we and are. we take this thing seriously. Um Mostly. So, Evercon, we should talk a little bit about it. We should. It was yeah, great. Yeah, I want to hear about it. Yeah, we had we had a fantastic time. Very small con. My first time at a small con. It was, uh, yeah, really cool time. Yep. It was about the size of, I would say, a big hotel ballroom. Um, there was table sections for role-playing games, for board games. There was some open play. They had a silent auction. They had a dealer's room, which was actually pretty decent for the size of the con. Yeah. Um, concessions. They had a cool uh, retro video game room. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. So they had like all these old video game systems set up and like games playing in there. So I played a little bit of Metroid while I was there. Even the old SNESs had like crust on them and they were like yellow and stuff. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, these really are yep. properly retro. They're yep. not just like been kept in shrink wrap for ages. Yeah. Um, Brett from the game 
gaming and BS podcast. It was like, it's basically his con. So he was running around crazy the entire time. Um, so that was cool. He, he would stop and say hi every once in a while, take a picture and then like be running off and have to go do something <laughs> else. Um, but he, he put on a really good show. They also had the last hope LARP, which Sydney talked about at our game hole con episode. Um, so Sydney got in there and was doing another like, uh, they call them modules or adventures or modules or something like that. Um, so they're like about three hours long and you go in and you kind of like, it's almost like a D and D adventure, but live action. So she was in chain mail and, you know, all playing the part they gave her stuff and hitting things with swords. Yeah, she had such a good time. She was so excited about it. And I, she said that they're fairly unique for being very like sort of a combat based, um, LARPing kind of thing. Yeah. Obviously they do do the role playing aspect as well, but that was an interesting thing. I didn't realize that LARPing was heavy on the role-playing side versus combat and that this one was a bit more unique yeah they do a good job at mixing it so um the name is escaping me but there's a lot of like medieval reenactment type of things which are they fight with like um blunted weapons and things like that and so this is kind of a little bit of that their weapons are even more blunted more foam than um real weapons but it's also very authentic garb. So they're dressed the part right. and they like stay in character, but they still have all the role playing stuff and they, they do like the story elements between meeting up and then they get together and they can do little um, scenarios and stuff. They had a village set up here. So there's like four different village places you could go to and interact with. And it was really cool. Yeah. So um, that's the last hope LARP. Um, Google it. If it's some, something interesting, um, they mostly, as far as I understand, are mostly in the Midwest area. So like Wisconsin, I think they're based out of Southern Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. They said they're going to be at GaryCon. Um, so, and I'm sure other ones as well. Yep. Um, which I will be at GaryCon too. As soon as I figure out the date, I, there's so many cons. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's in March. So I need to, uh, get up on that pretty quick um we played a few games so this convention we actually were able to sit down and play games with people um we played blood rage with aaron and sharon and this was like one of my first times teaching a game that was really that complicated um and i was really nervous as well i was like oh you know like i have i've played it a few times but i've never had to teach it to anyone because chris always does that job and i'm always playing with you um but it, it went smoothly and uh aaron and sharon were really nice and really cool people to play with so we had a good laugh and uh that game is amazing so it was hard not to Such have a, a good fun time game. yeah, yeah. Yep. And I thought you were, you did great because we had signed up a bunch of games, but we kind of put more on the schedule than the con could fill, which was turned out to be really, really good because then we were able to like concentrate and we played a five player <laughs> game of Blood Rage. Um, but I let Josh take over the lead. Like he had prepared to teach it. So I was there and he just taught the whole thing. And I, you, I think you did a really oh, good job. Thanks, man. So we appreciate that. Yeah. We're going to have you do more of that. Oh, no. <laughs> Next time I might not be there, though. Yeah. Um, I did a couple how to play D and D sessions and this were like brand new people that had never played Dungeons and Dragons before. And the first one I had, I had three, um, like high school age kids. So this con is actually the offshoot of a gaming club. I think either a middle, uh, from a middle school or high school or maybe both, but it's like the Wausau gaming club. And the con used to be held at a school. And then this is the second year that's been at the convention center there. Um, so these guys had never played Dungeons and Dragons before. And they're like, you know, we, we can't, don't have a lot of time. How long is this going to take? I'm like, well, I can any amount of time you want. Um, you know, maybe not more than an hour. And they're like, well, maybe 45 minutes. I'm like, sure. Why not? So I, I threw them into like an improv scenario. And at the, at 45 minutes, actually at an hour, I said, okay, so it's been an hour. You guys said you had a time. They kind of look at each other. It's like, well, we might have a little bit more time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So somebody else just got ditched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. 
Um, and then today we did it again. There was only one person that came. So Sydney and Josh sat down and you guys are like really, you got just as into the little scenario. Oh, completely. I mean, I've only ever played uh, these kind of games like a handful of times, like count them on one hand. So it was cool for me to do it. And I've known you for many years now. And I knew that you were, you know, Dungeon Master Chris in a way because you, you've done role playing, you know, for a very, very long time. And I'd heard about your improvisational style and heard how good you were from other people. And I was like, kind of excited. And it was so cool to like see you do the your style. And I was like, yes, I'm finally getting to see Chris's <laughs> legendary improv style. So um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yep. Both of these, I gave peeks behind the curtain after the fact, because I they're completely separate. And, you know, so the first one I started right from the beginning, like they'd never played before. So I showed them pre-made characters and kind of, you know, showed them what each one was and put them down in front of a dragon and they started fighting. And then within maybe five or 10 minutes, one of the characters gets eaten by the dragon and dies <laughs> on purpose. And all of a sudden they wake up in a fever dream and they all look at each other. They've all had the same dream and they're in the tavern. And then they start running around trying to figure out what's going on. One of them mentions something about a princess. So suddenly there's a dragon and a princess someplace. And I'm just kind of like, Anything they say, just rolling with it. And then I told Sydney about this, and Josh too, but Josh didn't remember as much. So <laughs> when they sat down at the table, I'm like, well, I can't even do anything remotely similar. But I did the whole starting in media res, they call it, where it's like you start with the action. I wanted to do that. So these guys are fighting this little cave monster thing and the entire party gets killed. And then all of a sudden they find that they're at a tavern table and they're in the middle of dinner and they're like, wait, what, what just happened? So, and it's there's a it's a lot of fun to just kind of play with what they think is going to happen and sometimes you all right that's what's the thing is and sometimes like oh close but no this other thing is really there <laughs> you're so. very confident and making up things on the on the fly and on the seat of your pants so bravo i should do an entire episode on improv dm where we basically play here and you guys just keep throwing stuff at me and i'll just keep going yeah, Maybe we'll um, that as long chat. as you don't use that voice this voice no, that voice is fine. You oh. know the voice. Oh. <laughs> the noggin voice? <laughs> the noggin voice. What's the noggin voice? I have oh not heard gosh. this. It's the worst. <laughs> All right. It for is a, just the worst. For a side chat. <laughs> for the side chat. All right. It is not the worst. It's the best. Most memorable <laughs> NPC ever. Um, let's see. Our next convention is Capricorn. We'll be, well, at least I will be there February 15th through the 18th. Um, and maybe, well, Kitty will have a baby. We'll see where... Um, how travelable the little <laughs> nugget of newbornness is. Um, Josh isn't sure. He might be flying in or out that weekend. But as we get closer, I'm sure we'll figure all these details out. Um, currently, I blame the baby. <laughs> um, we have a contest going on. The contest is for Kingdom Death Monsters. Um, or Kingdom Death Monster. Um, I think it's singular. Uh, to enter, deadline is January 26th. Send us an email that says January contest. If you include a subject topic that kind of goes along with our other subject topics, so something I can fit in the subject line, um, go ahead and add the description to what you mean. I've had a few... Uh, I had one topic come in that... With the description, I'm like, oh, man, this is like two actually really good topics. So I emailed them back. I'm like, all right, I'm entering you for both of these topics because they're <laughs> they're both really good. Uh, we have enough topics for the year, I think. But keep sending them in because you might bump other people off. It's a competition. Um, if we use your show topic for this contest only uh, and you are in the U.S. and I have a shirt that fits you, I'll, I'm 
you know, I still have sizes available for you. I'll send you a t-shirt. Um, I have to send out the t-shirt from the last one still. It's, it's all packaged up. I just haven't dropped it in the mail. I'll, I'll make that happen. Anyway, that is Kingdom Death Monster. And one Kickstarter this week that's not a game. Wow. Um, I'm this week I backed the Dice Tower 2018 fundraiser. So every year, Dice Tower, so Dice Tower is a network of podcasts. So the Dice Tower is a podcast that turned into a bunch of video channels. They do tons and tons of um, videos for that are reviews and you know game shows and actual plays and all kinds of things. I think they did like 2,300 videos last year, um, which is crazy. And they do a weekly podcast. Um, I started listening to them probably two and a half years ago. They're part of the inspiration for this podcast. So I'm like, yeah, I backed them. I backed them for the last couple of years because I've known they've existed for the last couple of years. Um, you can really back any amount. I backed them at $50 because promo pack A has a whole bunch of promos for games that we like. So like when the Kickstarter closes, we'll get that. They nice. have like dice towers and card stands and all kinds of things that you can back. So if you like board games, you should listen to the dice tower. If you don't like board games and you're probably not listening to us. I was going to say, what are you doing here? <laughs> and if you listen to the dice tower and get any of their reviews or news or anything, um, you should look at their Kickstarter and see if there's something in there that interests you. On that note, I think we have a lot of feedback. We do. Let's get back some feedback about past episodes. And if you have feedback about this or any of our previous episodes, email us or go to our Board Game Geek forums, easily found at tabletopgametalk.com slash BGG. Yeah, so this one, um, this is actually kind of a bunch of input from the last episode because I posted the thread really, really late. And then I didn't get a chance to incorporate it into the last episode because we went long. Um, so this is a lot of uh, feedback from our favorites of 2017. And we're going to touch the highlights here. All of these, unless otherwise noted, are on our BGG group. So if you go to tabletopgametalk.com slash BGG um, and go to episode 72 and input on episode 72, you can get more details on some of this stuff. But you guys take this away. Yeah, well, Christopher, I believe Dong, uh, says Cold Water Crown, The Captain is Dead, and Jump Drive are his picks. Yeah, I have not played The Captain is Dead, and I really should. I haven't. I don't know what Cold Water Crown, and I haven't played Jump Drive either. I was going to say, I haven't played any of these. Yeah, I know. I, I have a lot of games that I need Man, to get after this. Man, we just got like a huge list now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, from Caleb, we have Spirit Island, heavy co-op about protecting your island from invaders. It was probably my favorite. Though I've only played solo, Ex Libris, organizing and alphabetizing your bookshelf. Is it close second? And a tiny Kickstarter game called Take the Gold. Cat pirates and corgi officers try to get four coins. Was a blast with my group and comes out as a warm-up all the time now. Yep, I haven't seen Spirit Island. Ex Libris is good. I'm going to have to gift it to Kitty at some point because it's going to be right up her alley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do have Take the Gold, but I it's just a little deck of cards I need to bring it by sometime. So from Steve, he says, First Martians <laughs> and Star Wars Rebellion. Rise <laughs> of the Empire expansion. Yep. So Rise of the Empire expansion is what was released in 2017. Steve, I don't know what you see in First Martians, but... Email me and let me know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Reach their own. I mean, I mean, maybe he actually played the game and yeah. it gets fun because I don't think we ever actually played it. We I, just I read have, the book. <laughs> I did play it. I did play it. And then after I played it, I tried to teach you guys it. I'm just like, oh, I'm just not excited enough to actually go through the effort of teaching you guys this. Yeah. <laughs> you, you really talked us out of it. You were like, this is why you really don't want to play this game that I've set up in front of you for us to play. And we were like, okay, you convinced us we don't want to play it now sorry steve email me though tell me if it gets better 
All right. So these are from Josh S. Gloomhaven, Spirit Island, Anarchy, Side Real Confluence, a real-time negotiation, trading, and engine-building game. Okay. Chaotic fun. Yeah, I need to try this side real confluence. And I think it's anachrony. It's some kind of, t- it's a time travel game. It's, ah. um, yeah. Mm. I, I I read too quickly. You did. Um, <laughs> I have this. I really want to play it. This will be probably like a catalyst to an episode on really heavy Euro style games. So from Michael, five seals or magic set up as a nightmare, but the game is worth it. Plays well two to five with lots of varying strategy because each game can be adjusted using a different deck of spells. Wasteland, express delivery services and dogs backed because they are animal lovers and kept because it's so much fun. Yeah, I need to find dogs. All right. So from Christy in no particular order, Sagrada, Fabled Fruit. Azul, Ex Libris, Raxon, Bunny Kingdom, Magic Max, Codenames Duet, Circle the Wagons, and Yokohama. This is why I like Christy. I think she plays more games than I do. I know. She plays so many games. <laughs> and and she points out a lot of good ones. Azul has come up a few times on, on t- top 2017 list, and I don't know anything about it. So I actually feel oh, like wow. I need to go and take a look at it. Sang- uh, Sangrata is kind of like a... A stained glass window making dice rolling yeah. game. Um, Fabled Fruit, we've played Raxon. We obviously played, we gave that away. Um, I've not heard Christy of Magic Max. Christy gifted us Raxon. Yes. Thank you, Christy. Um, Bunny Kingdom, I haven't played that either. Um, and then Yoki- Yokohama, this one again is getting raved about, and I've Huge. never played it. Yeah. So I got to. Uh, You're a failure, Chris. I it's really cool. am. So from Joe about Star- Charterstone, he says, so glad to hear Charterstone in your podcast. I'm playing this with my 14-year-old son and nine-year-old daughter, and we have blazed through this game. We're on the last game of the campaign, and they are consistently asking me to play. I love unlocking and opening all these new mechanics and building. It's definitely been a highlight of the year. So hopefully by the time Joe answers this question for me, Sydney and I will be through it. Although I don't think we will because I'm out of town this week. So Joe, I'm curious when you're done playing the game, when you're, when you've played all 12 scenarios, do, will you and the kids still want to keep playing what's left of the game? And can you? Cause like, again, I've only heard that you can. So I'm kind of curious about that. So let me know. Um, and then I want to give a shout out to Christopher Anderson. He, did a micro badge for us on BGG. That was so cool that he went to the effort to do that. That's really awesome. So it's not released yet. Christopher, I'm going to get back to you. It says something that it's actually easier for me to get back to you on the podcast than it is to actually reply (laughs) to your email. Um, But I am going to do that. I like the the badge. So in the near future, there might be a badge that you can get for us on BGG. Um, All right. I think we we have a quick question this week. This is a question from one of our listeners that won't fill an entire show topic, but we think is interesting nonetheless. Today's question comes from Terrence about Tom Vassell's comment about minis in board games. Aren't most minis unnecessary? I played mini games like Hero Clicks, where the base changes and has game stats on it. There are other games where the mini represents a particular character with certain abilities or weapons. So does Tom just like cool minis or big boards? So I won't speak specifically for Tom. So let me tell you what Tom likes. (laughs) 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 So I don't think he has any issue against miniatures. Um, And in fact, I think a lot of times he likes miniatures. But the question I think is interesting here are, aren't most minis unnecessary? And I would say... 
Probably not. I think miniatures and board games are necessary for a very, very specific reason of tactile feel of the board game and table presence. I think we play board games because they look really cool. And we like the feeling of immersing, immersing, immersing ourselves in that play field. And miniatures help do that. Now, I think Tom's comment about this is a Kickstarter because it has miniatures is when the miniatures don't add anything. Um, I think what he actually said was the quote was a miniature for the sake of a miniature. Right. Where it could be a meeple, but they have replaced them with minis. Right. Those ones do. There are a lot of games where they don't add anything. It's not a specific character. It does not have stats associated with it. It might as well be a blue peg. Yep. I will say Massive Darkness, which we gave away and I like, and I bought every expansion through the Kickstarter. Um, it has miniatures just for the sake of having miniatures. In that game, you draw a monster and then you have like the lead monster and then you have a certain number of minion monsters that come with them and all of these are miniatures. The minions are just hit points. Until you hit all the minions, you can't hit the boss. So the boss might as well just have a bunch of hit points. You do not need those extra miniatures. The boss mini, though, I think you need because you want to have that feel that, oh, there's someone there I need to punch in the face and I can see that visually. And I don't think a token really gives you that same feeling you know it doesn't pull out the same feeling so there's a lot of intangibles in games or in in, in just in products and services in general you know we all think oh you know like you know prada is just it's just a shirt like any other shirt but actually intangibles and being like the artwork on this was amazing and beautiful and it made me want to play the game you know that does add real value in the minds of the people playing it yep so terence oh this goes to the whole miniature games you know, what makes a minis game just because a box has miniatures in it. It doesn't make it a minis game, but honestly, I can't tell you what a minis game it's kind of like, you know, art. Well, there's other, a specific kind of art. I can't define it, but I know (laughs) it when I see it. So everyone knows what a minis game is when you see it, but just because it's minis on a board, doesn't necessarily guys on a board, girls on a board, things on a board, monsters, monsters on a board, doesn't necessarily (laughs) make it a miniatures game. So it's it's kind of a gut feeling. All right. Shall we get into the most awkward topic we're ever going to talk about? Let's do it. Actually, I will say the most awkward topic we've ever talked about to date. <laughs> Suspense. In this episode, we're talking about analysis paralysis. What causes it? Are there ways to minimize it? Should we be more patient with those that suffer from it? I'm ready to answer all those questions. So bring it, Chris and Kitty. <laughs> those that suffer from it. I mean, you're making it sound like I've got a debilitating I was illness. Say, does it feel like an intervention yet? I, I mean, it, I mean, it, it kind of felt like one last week, but I mean, it it was more of a heated debate. Uh, so I'm, we should start with that. We should, because yeah. that's what prompted the whole, um, you know, topic was yeah. we played photosynthesis um and uh basically i took a long time on my turns as i usually do and chris would make a comment every single time i was taking my turn and and i probably was taking a long time i didn't really notice it um but it really started to get on my nerves and i and i kind of started to get it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back because a lot of the times when we play that happens and you know you're you're like come on you know and make a joke or something but it was like it felt like it was every single turn and i was just like well you know don't play with me then to be fair the time it says on the box to play photosynthesis is 45 minutes to 60 minutes yeah it took us 
two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> Hang on. Right, but this goes to the heart of it, right? Because, no, 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 I've yeah, got, I've got no, a rebuttal. Yeah, I've got a rebuttal. There's two sides to it. Yeah, yeah because... The fact is, is that for me, it was a brand new game. Now, I think one of you hadn't played it, or had you both played it? I played a partial game at Gen Con. Well, you'd played a partial game at Gen Con. And had that you was played it. it. And all? I had not played it You had it not all. played at all. But you had read the rule book or not? I was reading the rule book when you guys showed up, pretty right. much. But yeah, I mean, a lot of the time, we are playing new, completely new games. Most of the time, Chris has read through the rule book. Sometimes Kitty's played it as well, but not always. In fact, most of the time you haven't. But yeah. there are a number of occasions where you might have both played it and I haven't. It's not always the norm. But normally Chris has played it or has read the rule book through. And I think having a new game every time, and some uh, quite a few people said this in the threads, it can add to that, right? Because if you're unfamiliar with the rules and it takes your you a while to get your heads around it, then part of your figuring things out is figuring out the rules and figuring out the, the strategy as you go because you're just not as familiar with what's going on. Right. So I do want to be just slightly defensive, but also to emphasize a point as well because you felt like I was like every single turn yeah. I was trying to hurry you. Right. Up, it felt like it. Which, yeah. which wasn't really the case. It wasn't until probably hour 15 or so before I started doing it just to try to encourage you to be quicker. But... I'll give you half an hour. That's not... Yeah, I I want to say it was my second turn. I want to say it was like my second turn that you said something. But I mean, it was was quite a... The point I'm trying to make is perception. So honestly, unless we were recording this game, we don't know how long Josh was taking. Yeah, We don't know how many times I was going there because the perception is very different. Yeah. I had the perception that your turns were taking an enormous amount of time. Yep. So you would take a really long time, and then I would go, Kitty would go, and then it was back to you. Yep. Where it would took a really long time, yep. and then I would go, and then Kitty would go, and then it went back to you. So, and then you must have felt, as you were focusing in there, that, you know, Chris, every time it's my turn, you just want to hurry me, hurry me along. We're mm. not, I'm not doing that to you guys. Yep. Why are you doing that to me? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it, I did take it very personally. Like, you know, it, it I, I remember kind of cussing at you and stuff, which <laughs> I, I did then go on to say to Chris, I was like, that's a sign that we're really good friends because I, I can't get angry at every single friend I have. Like there's only a very few select people I can get angry at. So that's how I know I'm very good friends with you. Um, but yeah, I took it really personally. And I think you can do that in these games because it's a natural style of play for me. And one of the things I said when we were having this heated debate was I... I enjoy the, especially in a game like this, that it was very abstract and had a lot of strategy to it. I enjoy gaming it out and I enjoy the act of thinking the strategy through. And so if if I've got to hurry through it or just make a quick decision, uh, then I will get frustrated later because I will see, oh, I just made a quick snap decision because I didn't think it through and I'm behind now. And added to the competitiveness, another thing that was mentioned in the threads, if you're a competitive person, that amps up the AP as well because you want to win and that's why you're taking longer is to kind of game through those things. That's also part of the enjoyment for me. If I feel like I've lost a game and normally in new games, I often will lose the game because I just don't know the rules as well and it's you know it's harder to get a grasp on things and play better than people who are a little bit more informed, then I feel like I've hampered myself by not taking enough time. Again, I totally understand from your point of view as well, because you were left waiting there for a long time. Yeah. So, and, and 
to be clear, what we were basically what brought up the discussion is as a podcast, we want to be able to play as many games together as we can. And so we sometimes like Kitty and I may not take a game as seriously because we just want to get through it just to kind of feel it. But we weren't all on the same page at the beginning of that no. game. That's not what like we didn't spell it out ahead of time. It's like, okay, we're gonna try to get through two games before we record. It was okay, this game took much longer than we thought. Now we won't be able to get to this other game and we still have to record. And that's kind of what sparked the conversation. Mm. And it really kind of, I didn't didn't want to change the episode topic at that time because right. we were still fairly heated at the time. We were. So, it would have been a mess. <laughs> yeah. So we all agreed, it's like, let's give it a week and come back and revisit this. Because you said a few things that kind of changed my way of thinking about how you approach games. Like, I don't, I typically, my, my MO is when I first play a game, I don't even try to win. I try to take the fastest turn I can simply because I'm trying to see all the mechanics, how things work, maybe get to end game scoring. But that's a personal goal in my mind. It's not something that I broadcast everybody that I'm just going to do that. Um, where you was like, Oh, I'm probably not going to play this game again. And I want to play it as optimally as I can. And the part where you said, I enjoy that thinking like that's the part of the game that i enjoy i'm like yeah. well that's really not fair to ask someone to not enjoy themselves yeah. yeah and that's that's the kind of bit that i started to really get to in in our heated discussion it was kind of like i don't know if i'm going to enjoy playing games with you because we always play new games and if i have to feel like i'm rushing through it all the time am I even going to enjoy the experience of playing games with you? And then it's like, that that's kind of not great because that's the whole point that we meet up and play games. Now, sometimes we do just want to try out a game for to talk about it on the podcast. And I guess with this one, I didn't realize that's what we were doing. I just thought we were playing a game together. And so that obviously fed into the d- discrepancy between us because there have certainly been times we play games together and I haven't tried to win as hard as I did in that one um, because of what you said. Like, yeah. you know, it's just, we're just trying it out, whatever. Um, but the problem is often even if we're just trying a game out to see the mechanics we're playing a new game all the time it's rare it's rare that we're playing a game that we've played before together and so it's going to be rare that i get to scratch that itch i think what really got you with this one too is you were really really enjoying the game oh, I loved yep. it, yeah. it was exactly your style of game yeah. if it's not your style of game I can see like mm. there's like you know three turns and you start taking faster and faster turns. Yeah. And if you're really liking a game, three turns and you start taking slower and slower turns. Yeah. So it's definitely a, a game style and photosynthesis really like tapped that for you because there's seriously like everything is in front of you. You've got all the information. No randomness. No randomness. Yep. You get to make all of the choices and you can see out. And you know where things are going. You can see like four turns in advance what's going to happen. So there's a lot of squares on that board as well. I mean, there's so many factors yes. that go into the, making that game. And that was something that someone mentioned in the threads. You know, games that have that high level of both abstractness, like you mentioned, but also then multiple different layers of abstraction and, and kind of branching of a dis- decision tree means that there is so much there in yeah. that particular game to ponder. So you at the end were like, it's my fault. I picked this game. I should have known Josh was going to do this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I felt bad as well. I did genuinely feel bad. I, I wasn't just like defending myself. There was a point where I was like, I get it. You know, it kind of does 
um, feel terrible for you guys when I'm just and, and I didn't realize how long each turn was taking because I was totally in my head kind of turning that oh Rubik's yeah you cube. were totally like yeah. not even noticing that like me and Chris are like Instagramming and <laughs> tweeting and at typing point, show notes <laughs> at one point I did joke that Kitty and I could set up the other game and play that <laughs> while Josh was playing photosynthesis and it was a joke, but I think in retrospect, we probably we could it's have actually done that. A, It's could actually not it. a bad suggestion yeah. for <laughs> times where you'd want to play with someone who has who is very different to the other two in that respect. Yeah. Well, um, I did that at, at um, uh, Evercon. So Sydney is a little bit analysis paralysis as well. Um, and because she wants to win. Let's call them move optimizers. Move optimizers. Yeah. I like that Analysis one. paralysis sounds a little bit mean-spirited sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's actually not that I'm paralyzed and I can't make a decision. And no, I think that's where... analyzing You can't sure. commit to a decision without making sure it is the best decision you can make at the time. Right. And even... In, it's even like... I don't know. It just it just even seems like, of course, you would take into account all of the variables, which in that game was very numerous. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, what I did is I set up two two-player games, one with Josh, one with Sydney. <laughs> and I just played them both at the same hey, time. Hey, hey, hey. The game was Homeworlds. <laughs> well, it was like chess. Sure. Of course, you're going to mull them over. Sure. Right. And, and well, two things to note. Josh destroyed us in photosynthesis. He did. I he did, also yeah. beat me at Homeworlds. Um, well, to be fair, I hadn't played the game in a long time, and you were kind of pulling your punches a little. I, actually, I wasn't. Really? I would love for you to think I was. I so genuinely things, thought you were pulling so your punches. So two things happened in Homeworlds that caught me off guard. Number one, you created a system that was the same as mine, so it was a closed system. Yeah. And you had red as as your attack. So if you want to know right. how to play Homeworlds, um, Looney Labs, Homeworlds, we won't get into it here, but it's kind of like space chess. But so that was the first thing you did is you set up an abnormal board situation right. that I didn't notice right away. Right. The second thing is I thought I had beat you. Like when I moved my ships in, I'm like, okay, I got this. And then I noticed, oh, there's a move where he can reverse this on me and then yeah. he can win. And, and it be- took me a while to see it. And, and you spent and- that time. I did. You, yeah. If you had moved quickly, you might have lost. Yep. Yeah. I could have. Yeah, in any and if normal. Chris had taken his time. He might not have made that move. I was about yeah. to say any normal player, but I would say any other player that's playing quickly, they may have just looked at because you looked at it and said, "Oh, I've lost," and then but you kept looking at the yeah. situation. It's like, wait a minute. I wanted to make sure. And I and I, the funny thing is, is like you were really um, kind of excited to play Andy Looney, the creator of the game, because he gives away medals if people beat him because he's so damn good at this game. Mm-hmm. Like this is his game. And you guys have played him at cons a few times. And Sydney is also very into this game, but thinks and ponders on moves like me um, a lot longer than you. And she's a bit better than you at this game. And she did actually achieve your dream of beating Andy yeah. Looney I and getting him the medal. I played got destroyed twice. She played him twice in the second game, beat him. Yep. Yeah. And it, he doesn't give those out very often. Like, no, nope. I think wins. he said that was the 15. 15. Yeah. Number That's 15. crazy. Yeah. Yep. That's a real achievement. Yep. So, so what I'm, I want to get back to like yeah. what you enjoy about the game. Right. Because since you said that, I have been thinking, because we actually had a couple solutions, right? For how, how do we play games so that we can experiment, experience more games as a group, but also play games that you are going to enjoy and have fun with. Sure. And your recommendation was, well, if we weren't scoring the game, then I wouldn't, 
be overly invested in it. it it absolutely would destroy the ap i wouldn't have it anymore like if if there was no scoring and no one would win at the end of the game i would take lightning turns and we would discover the game without trying to play to win yeah. now i don't recommend this for a typical gaming group where it's like okay we have an ap player so we're just never going to score a game but for us it's not a bad solution because we're not really playing games for, you know, who's going to win. Like we play, sometimes we do that and we still love it. And, you know, we're going to pick maybe different games with Josh, but um, most of what we're doing is we're trying to explore and you can get a feel for a game without necessarily playing even the whole game. Yeah. And that's what I say for a game that we play like the first time through, where we're just trying to get a feel for the game, pick a stopping point. You know, Set a 30 minute timer or something. Yep, exactly. So once we learn the rules and we start, we'll play for 30 minutes. And then if we really want to play the game for a competitive game, we'll all be in that competitive mindset. We will be ready to take those turns that are, I want to destroy you guys. Because some of the part that frustrated me was I did not go in analyzing nearly as much. I made a terrible first move. Chris let me undo it. And then I just kind of like, Played for fun, and I wasn't, you know, and so I, I was definitely not on nearly the same page, possibly not in the same book <laughs> as right. you were for this That's one. So true. I was just like, oh, let's play, you know. But, yeah. but that was partly our fault. Yeah, you know, and it's setting up the expectation at the beginning of the game. Yep, and I'm glad that we actually had the conversation afterwards because me too. You know, Josh actually did really get upset, and that wasn't my intent. I was more jabbing than anything else, yeah. you know, just kind of like poking fun, and. You took it more seriously than I was intending. Right. And then the conversation tempo, the tone just changed quite a bit. And I'm like, oh. And then you started explaining things in ways where I could could see from your point of view. So now Mm. I want to say, okay, when I want to play a competitive game, just be right up front. Let's do this. We're all in. Right. And I'm I'm much more, actually, with a two-player game, I don't actually have a problem waiting. I am sensitive it goes back to the D and D thing where I, my goal as a dungeon master is to make sure everyone at the table is having fun. And if I see that people are bored or on their phones or something like that, I know that someone's not having fun. So I feel like I need to change the situation so that everyone's kind of equal. And it's funny that you say that because when we were at the con and I was teaching blood rage, a game, which I probably would take a long time normally over turns, I, I'm definitely the same way. Like, I, it's not like I have no empathy. And I, and once I realized I'd kind of upset you guys, I was like, oh no. Um, while still trying to defend myself. But <laughs> when, when we were at the con playing Blood Rage, because we had two new people and we were teaching them the game, they'd never played it before. I made the decision instantly. I was like, I'm not playing this to win at all. Like, I'm just going to take quick turns, like my lightning fast turns. And that's exactly what I did the whole game. Um, and that, that definitely, I had fun still playing the game, um, but I think I can be myself around you two much more. And that's why I kind of just slip into that uh, more often. And and always, I'm going to want to play some games and enjoy them to the level that that I like to play them and and do that kind of overthinking sometimes. Yeah. Well, in in photosynthesis, one of the other things too, is I think Kitty and I knew for the last probably half hour, 45 minutes, that there was no way we could win. Yeah, if I and I said to you guys, I'm really sorry about that because if I had known that, I would have immediately sped up. Like if, if, there, if I had realized there was no way that you could have caught me, uh, yeah, I, w- I would have been like taking quicker turns. I was just so engrossed in continually maximizing that I didn't yeah. see it. I didn't well, see that I'd already won like Well, and that's the ahead. thing, it's like, I, I'm guilty of this too because I didn't see how much fun you were having. 
Right. Like all I could do is like see how much time you were taking, but it didn't register as, oh, he's really enjoying this. Right. Like this is what he wants to do. So one of the things I think we'll have to do going forward is we're playing this game just to experiment with the rules or, and, and this has to happen equally as often. All right. We're playing this game to win. And this will be yep. games that we all know the rules to. We've always all played at least once before. So we can all feel like, you know, we are in this together and in it to win it and are on the same page right. and willing to take the time. So you guys have been perusing the BGG thread. I was just about to bring this up. So um, Christy and uh, David both um, talked about this article by uh, Andrew, <laughs> which is... Great, and I recommend that everyone goes to the board game geek thread. I Christy posted the link. Here. Wouldn't describe it as great. I actually, it's I'm glad really funny. it is funny. But if you're someone that suffers from AP, I was fifty percent laughing and fifty percent like, "Oh, this is really snarky." And, like, <laughs> Very and pushing snarky. and pushing my buttons a bit right now. And and I, I know it was all good fun, Christy. I'm glad you. I'm glad you posted it. But I, I have mixed feelings about that. All right, it maybe we should elaborate. Stages of analysis paralysis, <laughs> in which we go through. Um, on, let me pull up the tab here. <laughs> um. There was there was one about like fantasy fantasizing as well. Like, um, all sorts it starts of with funny. acceptance. You need to come to terms with the fact that you make games less fun to play. Denial, more denial. Confront the evidence. Enthusiasm. Consider your options. There is a paragraph explanation for each of these stages. That's very fun. You go Wait through a minute. six through thirteen. Is, maybe you can achieve the dream too. Surely there's an ideal way to play games that will make everyone happy. Um, so then you go steps six through 13 and then steps 14 is consider steps six through 13 again. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Um, but it, it does come to some, you know, like reconciliation is realizing, you know, like you have to find the right group and you have to find the right kind of game and you all have to be on the same page about how much time you're spending. Yeah, I think it was a perfect storm with our situation last week. Like, oh, yeah. I'm, you know I'm happy to move a bit faster. Like, it's not that... I, I wasn't saying I will never move faster because otherwise I'll never enjoy it. It was just like, it's trying to find that happy medium. And this was the perfect storm of new game, very abstract with lots of possibilities, wanting to win, you know. That, and, and some people have even said things like game length, you know. Like, with a shorter game, you can kind of be like, well, you know, it's only half an hour, 20 minutes... I don't need to... I feel like this one was, like, just that perfect length in between a short game and a long game. Yep. Where, like, me and Chris were like, oh, this isn't going to be a very long game. So we were, like, not in it. But you were like, oh, it's a long enough game that I want to put my attention into it. And it was just, we were not... Yeah. And I honestly, I think that was true because we came in completely different sides. We thought this was almost filler-sized game. Right. Yeah. Now, Photosynthesis, if you haven't played it, it's a very, very heady game. Um, it's very simple. There's basically three things you can do, and you're essentially trying to maximize your tree harvesting in in the forest. But as the sun rotates around the board, your trees can block other people's trees, and they can block your own trees. And what you really want to do is get trees that get as much sun as possible, because that gives you more action points, or solar points, or sun points, that you can plant more seeds with and grow your trees with. And as you go around, you know, you get bigger and bigger. You know, 
Kenny and I at the beginning, it's like, okay, you know, we're placing our place really nilly. And Josh, at the very beginning, he started thinking, he's like, huh. And by turn, I don't know, by because you go three revolutions around and each one has six turns in it. By the second revolution, you had like 12 trees out there. And I had three. I think Kitty had four. You were getting twice as much yeah. Twice as many points as we were on each revolution. Like it was just, yeah. Yeah, we got to Josh. Josh, you get sixteen points, and I get two. Yep, yeah, that did happen. <laughs> Actually yeah. happened. Yep. Yeah. So it was. It was just kind of a, a really a disconnect going in. It was the perfect storm. It yeah. Was. So all right, what do we do about this? How do we play? All right, so we know how to play with Josh because Josh and like we are all really good friends and. Yes. We got past it. We we know ways to approach it for our group where we can say partial games and stuff like that. But I think there's multiple ways why people may have what we term AP. I wrote a few of these down. Um, you want to optimize your moves. So that's that's basically yeah. you. You said you hate regretting the fact that you could have made a better move if only you'd taken more time to consider. Yeah, especially if in a game like um, Photosynthesis, your actions will then... Uh, kind of be negative or positive for many rounds onwards it's a kind of that compound effect like the longer it goes on the the worse that your decision was early on to make that bad move the other thing you said is you love the puzzle of it like you enjoy the puzzle of it absolutely yeah so so between those two things you want to optimize it you enjoy the puzzle is there anything you could do that would still enjoy make your the game something you enjoy but you think you could speed it up? Is there anything in your mind? And there may, the answer may be no. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think we've talked about a lot of them. Like, you know, it, to be honest, it's hard for me to say. Like, I think I can speed up with things like timers or, um, you know, picking the right game. Or maybe we, we even talked about maybe just doing your homework beforehand. Like, that might be a good one. Like, if we're going to sit down and play a game, hey, Josh, we're playing photosynthesis. And I'll go and look online at the rules, see how it all works, because that was a lot of the time as well, was just getting, and almost always is with our game group, we're playing something new that I've never seen before. So I think for those people, looking up those reviews, how to plays beforehand will really help them get through it quicker. So, and this can't work for all games. Sorry, I interrupted you, Kitty. That's fine. Um, So I thought also, what could I do? I could have slowed down my turns. I did not think through a lot of strategy. I, you know, like, it's not just about, like, what can the AP player uh, do? You know, that, that's interesting because actually that would have really helped because because of the difference between how you two were playing and how I was playing, your turns were so short. I Half of my thinking would have been eaten up with half of your when, thinking. When I was taking my turn. Right. And if I was taking my turn... Also, to optimize my move, I wouldn't have felt maybe as much like I was out of the game as early as I did. Yeah. I might have made better moves. I might have, you know, if I had taken my time, if I hadn't been playing on my phone, yeah. if I had been a little more focused, maybe we all could have come to a more medium-sized turn length. Yeah, That's a good point, because I actually, and I don't want to say spite sped my turn. <laughs> But but, but I, you did. But on the other side too, I had so much time to think. Well, because yes. the turn order was Kitty, Josh, myself, right. and I had t- so much time to think during Josh's turn. Right. Well, I didn't really did. need time on my turn. Yeah, that's true. To and that's fair. and that's what gave you the opportunity to go bang bang. And then it looks even worse. It's like, well, we just took our turn in two seconds. Maybe you wouldn't have done if I'd just gone bang like that and just thrown something out there. 
and that would have reset things a little. But once one person takes a bit longer, then the gap starts to widen between the two sides. And I think a lot of times I was looking at the board during your turn and deciding what I was going to do. And I didn't look at how your move and Chris's move changed the board because I was like, oh, I already planned this out. I know how I want to spend my things. And turn order did change. It just always felt like it was that order because that's how the time went. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, the first player to- moved, yeah. but the turn order, turn order was the same. The yeah, same. I always went after Josh, even though I may have gone first in the round. Yeah, Josh had gone last in the last round. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Now, you mentioned a timer, and I know that we've talked about this before, where you put a timer on an AP player, say, okay, you have one minute to take your turn. Mm. And if you don't take it within one minute, then we take it for you, or you skip a turn, or whatever. Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't put, uh, for a start, I mean, I see uh, multiple problems with it as well. For a start, you wouldn't put a timer on one person. Because then, then, you put it on everybody. Right. But then also, part of the problem with AP playing, like we spoke about already, is not knowing the game enough. So if one person just knows the game less and that's part of it, that's a bit unfair too. So that's tricky as well. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I'd be up for trying it, but then I can also see sort of, certain situations where i feel like oh someone else knows the game more than me or something like that um and also it could be a situation where it just saps the fun you know like saying that i enjoy that turning in my head and feeling like i'm rushed i'm like well this isn't even fun to play anymore i you know put a timer on me so i don't know i need to try it out before i know i was actually thinking of and i brought this up again i I think i started saying this this doesn't work with all games but a essentially kind of a hot potato past the puck type of thing so you start a timer on the phone and when you're done you tap it and you pass it to the next person and at the end of the game it shows you the average turn length for each person and then you have a weighted point average for the person who was the fastest they get a bonus of some sort the next fastest gets a bonus and the slowest person gets no bonus so there's some actual points associated with moving quicker and if you're trying to optimize and win the game maybe then you're taking a good turn so that you have that optimization at the end versus the most optimal turn which could give you the best at the time but by the time you get to the end maybe it it changes things a little bit if you had that kind of motivation with that and i'm not suggesting doing this with anything i'm just curious how does that affect your way of like approaching the game if you knew that was an element i would i would definitely incorporate it. i would definitely try and get some points off of it the the issue we have is one the thing that we just mentioned that let's when, assume that we've all played the game at least once for any of these scenarios sure I, I think when the longer someone takes with their turn the more time the other people get to think so that's that's, that's a but that's part right of the there. meta that's part of the meta though if you take a lot of time you're yeah. actually giving benefit to the other sure. players so it encourages you to even go faster yeah but the other thing is i wonder if with ap players i don't know if this is i don't know if even this is a valid argument but it could just be that you guys are smarter than me like you might and maybe that's not it but you might just be able to work out the mechanics of the game and and take moves quicker than me in most games. And it may be it's just the fact that I just need a little bit more time to make the same kind of moves that you do. I don't know. In that scenario, then that would, if you had that, if you had that situation in your group, that would be really tricky to then put the timer on. I think it would, I'm keen to try it. I, I think we should give it a go. So I don't think, I mean, I may or may not be smarter than you. Let's be honest, (laughs) but I don't, I don't think that 
I look at the game board in a completely different way yeah. than you do. Yeah. When you were looking at that board, you were trying to optimize, if I go here, the sun's going to go here, that's going to block here. So no, I'm going to go here and that's going to block that. And the next turn is going to be there and I'm going to get that and that. So that. So you were actually right. planning your moves ahead. Right. When I was looking at that board, I'm like, oh, I can grow a seed there and I have two points left and I'll grow that tree. Right. Like I was never looking ahead. Right. So in that scenario, you were being the smart being the smarter player. Yeah. Because you were looking ahead and planning out right. and it paid off. Right. When I take a fast turn, it's not because I've already figured those things out. Yeah. It's simply because I am looking at a limited environment and I'm only worried about that environment. And I'm not worried about what's coming in the future, which for some games is not good. Mm. Um but I think that's the difference. So it's not that I'm figuring out what you're figuring out faster. Yeah, if no, it were, I, I would have been much closer in the competition. I don't think it was the case in that game, but I think it could be the case for some gaming groups and for some games where someone, maybe they're not even smarter. Maybe, they, again, like they just know the game better. And so it's a tricky one. But I get what you're saying. It's, I don't know, there, there are problems with it, but I would be keen to try it and see what happens. So we'll have to experiment with it at some point. All right. So here's the thing I think that we've already done that none of us have really paid very much attention to. We mostly play co-op games. Yeah. It really does seem to minimize the analysis paralysis, part because we all talk through together every move. That's part of it. Like, yes, the one player gets to make the move, but games that we played like Pandemic Legacy, Pandemic Legacy Season 2 – Time stories. I'm trying to think of other ones recently that we've really enjoyed. A lot of them have been co-op games where we are talking through what is best together and making a decision kind of as a team. Yeah. I used to – so when Sydney and I were first learning Homeworlds, we would challenge each other's moves. Every single move the other person made, if we didn't think that was the optimal move, we, we would essentially ask the question, why did you do that versus doing this? By doing that, like, we really pushed each other to the maximum. Because now it's like, we're working together, but we both have different interests. So I don't want her to take a suboptimal move. I want her to take the best possible move. Because if I beat her, I want to beat her the hardest opponent I can play. And we, so when we were doing that, we were both invested in every single turn. So even if she took a long time, I was taking a long time too, and she was interested in what I was doing, and I was interested in what she was doing. Now, I don't think this works like perfectly. Like if you're playing a three-person um, photosynthesis game, and every single time Kitty does something, it's like, Kitty, why did you do that? Because that, yeah, I don't think that's your optimal move. Right. Justify everything you're doing. I mean, if we're trying to be like tournament level photosynthesis players if we are going out into the world to play photosynthesis with others then yeah that yeah. is the best way to yeah, play the to game. be fair i feel like this is just chris trying to take 50 percent of the credit for uh, sydney's medal for being <laughs> i'm just saying i trained her to be the best okay well, well what i was but she's the one who takes the time she does. That's true. She does. Yep. She's the she's the million dollar baby, and you're so, the uh, Clint Eastwood. In that game, and and just to kind of you know, again defend myself a little bit. No, no, I, um, I'm joking. I'm absolutely joking. But no, that was the whole point, though. I was attempting yeah. to train her to be the best opponent I could play against, yeah. so that I could beat Andy. Yeah. I mean, it backfired. Now she beats me more often than not <laughs> because she's better at it than I am. Right. But that's how we were teaching each other to play, right. and like really that challenge. And when we first played Andy Looney, she and I played together, and 
every time we made a move, we would challenge each other as to should we do that or should we not. And there was a move at the end of that game where I'm just like, oh, I have this. And I made a quick move. And she's like, what are you doing? And I had already slided the piece over saying, yep, this is my turn. Andy comes back, boom, totally destroys what I think is the winning move. And then, and well, she was mad. Yeah. And then I'm looking at the board and I'm like, oh, wait, no, I can do this move and there's no way out of it. And she's she's looking at it and she's like, uh, she's still angry because, again, that making a suboptimal move yeah. by rushing it for the same reason that you're mad at yourself if you make a suboptimal move yeah. because you had to be rushed. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely part of the equation. Um, yeah. I think it works best, though, in one-on-one games. Yeah. Playing that style, three-player doesn't doesn't work quite as well. Yeah. But it is sort of what we do when we do the co-op games because we're oh, all yeah. discussing and working it out. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think with the co-op games as well, it allows me to kind of go in my own little space and, like, do a lot of thinking and then sometimes come up with a novel thing that no one else has thought of because it, ta- it allows me that time. I could, a whole turn could go by. And maybe I don't contribute because I'm already on this one train of thought of something we could do that's quite complicated. And then I come out and go like, hey, I thought of this. We could do this, this and this and this. Oh, that's a really good idea. So sometimes it's really a boon um, in co-op games to have people like that because they're going to find solutions that you didn't even think of because they take the time to really game it out. Yeah. So you learn to use your AP player. Oh, yeah. That's that's important. And I think so just to kind of circle this back to what can we do with a generic AP player and not just Josh? I think, honestly, being on the same playing field when you go into the game. Like, AP players tend to know their their AP. They'll admit it themselves. Like, oh, yeah, I, I take a little bit of extra time. Um, Aaron, in the Bloodlight Rage game, you know, this was his first game he ever played, and he was taking a little bit of extra time to make that move. And he admitted, like, oh, yeah, I'm a little bit AP. Um he didn't take any excessive amount of time, but you could tell he wanted to think more. And if he had, because he came in dead last, it was his first game. And I so- felt really bad about that as well. I was like, oh, wow, we accidentally sort of crushed them in this game. Yeah. And it wasn't <laughs> intentional. Blood Rage is no. like that, though. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, one of those that games. That happened at GameholeCon, too, yep. where oh. I wasn't playing, but I was, wa- I was teaching and watching a game. And yeah. somebody just got like, when you start adding up those points at the end, and like they didn't notice like oh everyone else picked up like these extra points here and there like you can really just get destroyed yeah you can that's very true yeah your first game there you have to play once to understand the rules and by the end he's like oh now i get it if i was starting over i would i would understand it um but like i say av players tend to know talk about it before you start playing the game say are we going to be ultra competitive or are we playing this a little bit more fast and casual where we're not going to be that competitive player. Mm-hmm. If the AP player says, no, I always play competitively. I always want to win. I don't care if it's fun for you or not. I'm going to take 20 minutes on my turn. And if you don't like it, don't yeah, play with we're me. We're all that stubborn, terrible people. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm saying kidding, I'm if kidding. that's what they say, right. because that is the only way they enjoy a game. Yeah. Simply say, okay, well, maybe we can find a game that we can all enjoy. Right. You know, there's plenty of games out there. Otherwise, if you say, if they say, yeah, I, I'll take faster turns here because I can be a little bit more casual about it. I don't have sure. a problem doing that. But you all know going in what the expectations are. Cause I think our, our natural reactions are to kind of like, you know, tongue in cheek or talk about an AP player when they're not there. Like, oh, we got to play with Josh again. It's going to take forever. I don't think that's fair. I think that 
it did i mean like, essentially what led to the incident was the, so the sort of long build-up of resentment over time like i was fine with the jokes for a long time but it just needled me a little bit every time it was done over a long long period of us playing games and then eventually you end up snapping like right. i did and and yeah yeah so I, I think it's fair it's it's not fair to just assume that they're going to get faster and it's their problem i think it's a matter of just let's make sure that we're all playing the same game at the same level and if everyone agrees then kitty and i have no right to complain when you're you know trying to win the game because we've all agreed we're playing this game to win if sure. we're playing it for discovery purposes maybe we'll put a timer on there we don't even get to the end because we're just trying to discover the rules sure um also, if you have a friend who's AP, ask them, what are you thinking about? Is it really that you just kind of going back and forth between two turns? Are you advancing things? Is it even fun for you to stare at the board for 20 minutes? 20 <laughs> minutes exaggeration. 10 was the longest turn you took. But again, he didn't have a timer. He's just pulling an I had a that. phone. <laughs> but it's, it's important to ask that question because... And honestly, it'll kind of give you an enlightened view of what they're thinking about and how they're thinking about something different than what you're thinking about. Yes. Um, and maybe that's why you have a second game or a phone. Uh, so Chris Anderson on BGG broke it down into like three really good um, kind of factors. Um, and his were familiarity with the game, the length of the game, and the desire to win. And balancing those three things, you can kind of find a happy medium. So I'd recommend going and reading through some of his explanation there, because I think he did a really good job breaking yeah. down. There were some really good comments in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, there were a ton. Yeah, but yeah. his was particularly good. Check <laughs> out the thread. Yeah, and these are really good, honestly. Um, so Christopher Dung sent this one. His, his <laughs> oh, was a little bit snarky. I, I, I purposely <laughs> left that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Steve, um, Chris Anderson, Christy, there's a lot of Chris's here. Um, Terrence and David, all um, great feedback. Like, we knew that this topic was going to get a little bit more because it was, this is a very personal topic yeah, and it's, it's not the easiest one to talk about with a gaming it group. It can right. really feel personal yep. yeah. on both sides of it, I think. Because I do feel like at some point Josh was like, well, you know, and like turned it back <laughs> on us. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it's fair because, you know, it, takes two to tango it takes more than one person to make the situation so yep. yeah and kitty recommended a topic for one of our future ones which we're definitely going to do and that's how to not get so emotionally involved in our games yes <laughs> i'm looking forward to that i can use a bit of that i think yeah i think we all can <laughs> <laughs> it is a great topic um like you know i think kitty you'll admit that's one of your bigger things is, is. you get upset when some when you want to do a strategy and somebody tries to you know, stop that strategy. Um, anytime something's going against you, like any take that or something like that. Oh yeah, and this was it. take that games. Yeah, this, I will, yeah. Oh. I don't. It, yeah, it was photosynthesis was a little bit like that because you had to block other people, and that was part of the game. And so I was blocking you guys big time. <laughs> so much. Like, really, really turning the screw there. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It won't be next episode, but it'll probably be very soon because I think it's a really good topic to talk about. Yeah, and it'll be great when I'm sleep deprived with perfect. a newborn. Yeah, that'll oh, be perfect. Oh yes, this perfect will be your first episode <laughs> back from after having the baby. So sometime in February, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I think we've talked about this topic enough. Um, <laughs> you made it. I made it. We're Josh, all still friends. <laughs> I do. I do want to say I appreciate you 
talking about this like yeah. more than anything because like i say it's an awkward thing yeah and it it could like i hope we do you don't feel attacked no 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 i know no. i mean i did in that incident but <laughs> but it was that you weren't you weren't trying to do that it just felt like it and and it, it's good for me too it's good to me for me to think about the other side of it too like i said i go into a headspace where time disappears i've missed train stops because I've been playing a game on my phone that I was so absorbed in. And I was like, how have I been on this train for half an hour? It feels like two minutes. Yep. So <laughs> uh, I get it from your side. Too. Yep. Not knowing the passers of time. Well, if you want to follow us on Facebook, we're at Tabletop Game Talk Podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Tabletop Game TLK. Um, there's a cool picture of us at Evercon up there right now. Um, you can follow me at Game Master Chris. We love iTunes reviews and... I check them periodically and I will say your name. Well, at least your iTunes name. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you. I appreciate you immensely. Um, If you want to be more monetarily supportive so that I can keep giving away games and hosting stuff, um, you can check out our Patreon page at tabletopgametalk.com slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And for the rest of this stuff, Josh is going to talk. Indeed. Well, thanks for listening. And remember, we love your feedback. So email us with comments or questions at tabletopgametalk at gmail.com. Finally, a huge thank you to our patrons, Emil Jilljam, George, Adam Harrison, Sam from New York, Jason Strong, Terence Miltner, Stephen Seitz, Michael Ohl, Trevor Olson, Brian Arnold, Sean P. Kelly, Daniel Shepard, C. Marie, Rudy Liu, Benjamin Heimowitz, Jerry Huang, Mike Smith, Stefan, I'll make you a man, blonde hair and a tan, Phillips, Caleb O'Brien, John Lewis, Jennifer Engelbrecht, Justin Willard, Christopher Dong, Jason Marks, Jeremy Fisher, Carl Hammond, David Radke, Lance Morgan, Quick, Quick, Nick Quickstra, David Sellers, Jason Rodney, Michael Yanikowski, Miles Clark, Cindy Lum, Phil Swartzwell, and Jordan Livingston. Until next week, when we talk about no more buying games, keep playing games, and having fun. Yeah, so next week is an intervention for me. Oh, thank God. <laughs> it's We're about not singling time. anyone out. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we can really help you, Chris. I doubt I'm it. not sure. No. So, Josh, are you still an AP player? Kind of. I mean, I feel like I'm better than I was previously. I hope so. But I feel like I haven't been severely tested since then. To be The only game <laughs> I can remember playing with you since then is The Mind. And I will say you get pretty competitive with The Mind. <laughs> I mean, I am a competitive player, too. And I love The Mind. I, I show everybody that game. People rave about it. They're like, what was that game that you showed us? We love that. Bring that out again. Oh, such a fan favorite, I feel. Yeah. yeah. I love how many times in this episode we use the phrase heated discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Very polite way of we putting it. We never say argument. We never say fight. It was a heated discussion. <laughs> you know, Did by we the like, s- agree on that ahead of time that we were not going to say fight? We didn't have a fight. <laughs> I mean, you know, by the sounds of it, you were both just salty that I crushed you in the first round. And I, I just didn't realize that I'd already won. I think that's really what happened. Here. I really was just salty that yeah. it's like, just put me out of my misery. That, that's what I wanted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can we just end this? <laughs> I did not deliver on that. Yeah, that's true. Fletcher, was this the first time you've listened to this? Uh, yeah, it, it was the first time, and I was going to say that I like how Josh was saying that uh, 
that he knows that he was he was good friends with you, Chris, because even though he could get like a little bit mad or upset, uh, you know, that's how he knew he was good friends with you because he could feel that way and still afterwards be like, you know, everything is fine. But like you were just pushing yeah. those buttons yeah. of like, come on, yeah, let's keep going. <laughs> it's today crazy because. You know, it, it, I I feel like I can't really express that in front of even friends I've had for a long time. Some of them, maybe it's just because our depth of friendship hasn't finally got to that level where I can be honestly angry with someone to their face. Like I kind of can be inwardly angry with people, but not show it. But somehow with Chris, I've just let it loose. But I mean, you are English, so that means that you're not allowed to be angry, right? Isn't that how that works? Oh, yeah. I mean, there is that kind of stiff up a little thing. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a stereotype. And, and I'm not as stereotypically English as they come. Um, I don't like... I love I think earnestness. That's more of a, I, don't, I don't know. Like, that seems like a very... Um, kind of like the royal family is like, oh, we don't show emotions. But like, you know, when I went to England, there was a lot of emotional display. <laughs> oh, yeah. I will say. I think there's rules around where you can and can't display it. Like, if you're in the pub, you can display all I was gonna kinds say, of crazy it's emotions. I only went to pubs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's or the I, I guess I got pitch. to see both sides because we mostly did pubs and museums. <laughs> but I love getting deep. You know, I love earnestness, and that's one of the things I tell people I love about America is that it's quite an earnest place, and people can be very earnest. And I love that as a person. You know, that's why I was mentioning this school of life conversation cards last week that Fletcher thought was, you know, pretty cultish. <laughs> but I love getting deep Just the name and, of it, and getting real with people. <laughs> so a few things like I didn't edit out the beginning of the podcast because I was thinking when we first started doing these that I would just kind of like take out the off topic. But I found them to actually be pretty interesting. And one of the things that kind of struck me was how different the format was. Even I mean, it was 125 episodes yeah. ago, but like our format was, uh, and it's not too bad. Um, when we come back at 201, we will be making some subtle format changes, but we might pick up some of the things that we lost here. Um, we did a lot of our input thread. A lot of the input thread was featured in this episode. So I, yeah. no, I don't think I'm going to bring those back, though, because they just were so time consuming. But I don't know. I'll think about it. We'll see. <laughs> um, we were still. Um, I have a really big question, Chris. Yes. Do you still have Ex Libris, and why isn't it mine? I believe I do, and there's been a global pandemic, but that's only an excuse well, for the past few since months. Since March, <laughs> <laughs> what about, about like the year and a half before that? Yep. 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 <sighs> Yeah, I think the yeah, I completely forgot about it. But listening to this episode, I was like, I want that game. Like, how could I have forgotten about this? Like, I guess this was back in our days where, like, I think you had just moved a couple months ago. I was still living in the building. Um, and Josh was just down the street from me still. So you were still coming down a whole bunch. We were playing all these games. There was so much going on. Now I'm like starved for gaming attention <laughs> out here in the suburbs all by myself yeah well in that this particular episode we um i think we had just come back from like northern wisconsin too yeah so um you guys had it, it was either this one or it's gonna be next week i don't know which <laughs> <laughs> where you guys had just driven down from evercon yeah no it was this one i i'm um, yeah it was this one it was this one so in case you guys can't tell, so. 
<laughs> we, we, we're doing these four at a time, and this was the first of the next group of four. So, um, yeah. Well, they all... these three all bleed together, because <laughs> they're three in well, a row. Yeah. And so, that like, is... before, there were, like, distinct time periods well, and that we, we were revisiting. And we were in the final countdown of pregnancy number one, which we'll cover next week yeah. and the next week. And the next week. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, it's weird because as you, our listeners, are hearing this, I have like a one-month-old baby. But as we record this, I'm still only 37 weeks (laughs) pregnant. (laughs) You haven't met her yet. So it's very weird to re-listen to, because I think I am as pregnant now as I was when we recorded this episode, but with my second child. Yeah. So it's it's a very weird (laughs) re-listen. Yep. So, Josh, um, yeah. have well, I guess this is just kind of to the group because we introduced a number of possible solutions for AP, and we we talked about a timer, <laughs> which I don't think anyone was a huge fan of, but maybe a count up timer, um, partial games, not scoring. Did we do any of those? You know, I really don't think we did, but I will say, in terms of trying to stop me from being an AP player, I feel like this episode, you know, sitting down with close friends and having like a full-on intervention is definitely something that works because you have these moments in life where like, you know, some incident will make you pause and kind of you'll come back to that when when these similar incidences happen in the future i remember a close friend of mine worked with me for a long time at, at a job and she one one time called me half a job phillips and it upset me so much and every time i find myself doing half a job i hear her words in my head and then i finish <laughs> the job and i'm like you know what katie get lost you don't know me in my head every time and i think it's a similar i'm just like if there's ever an opportunity for ap i'm just going to be like you know what chris and kitty I'm not AP anymore, right? <laughs> I can make a decision. Well, I think it's really, it's really helpful to be able to see yourself from someone else's perspective like that. Yeah. And also, you know, I think the big thing we did was we talked about setting expectations for games. So, like, um, and also the, the types of games we play. And I can talk more about this when we get to my deal. <laughs> um, I think after this, we did we were more careful about the games we chose to play and we would set an expectation of like, we are playing this for the rest of the evening or we need to finish this before we record. Like, and those kinds of distinctions I think really help just knowing the expectation going in was something that we really did change and, and that, as a group. And it helped a ton. It also helped that we just stopped playing games with each other. Cause we all moved into separate places. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you moved to Gray's Lake, and it took an hour or longer for you to get down to us. It's not my fault. I, I mean, it's completely my fault. But of course, I don't it's regret your fault. A thing. It's exactly your fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I. Yeah, listening back to this episode, it, it, it. This was probably one of the best episodes we did. I mean, we had some pretty good ones, but this one yeah. here, it was just, it was. It was real. It addressed a number of things that, you know, a lot of people, I think, I don't want to say suffer through, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think suffer through is the right term. Um, but I mean, really what we came down to is this, this isn't really a problem, right? It's, you know, AP is not a problem. It's how you approach it and what your group is looking at and looking for 
And it's just, you know, again, like you said, after this conversation, I don't think it was ever a problem again. Right. And I I think it was a perfect storm. And, you know, like it was really like the type of game, the fact that we had different expectations, the fact that it was a game that I love getting deep and and doing all the different possibility. Um, And I know you guys said it said 45 minutes on the box, but we all know those boxes lie about how quickly you can play through the game. All right. I got to find my corner on this one. I will say I've never played photosynthesis again. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great game. I mean, it probably doesn't help that I still have it. (laughs) Do you still have it? Um, Actually, I don't I don't know. It it stayed in my house for a long time, but I don't know. It might have gotten given away at Gen Con last year. Hmm. I don't know. I'll have to go double check. The infamous. I need to to do some reorganization of my collection. We have to find it now because now it's a collector's item. (laughs) Um. I do want to say, though, that I really like how somewhere, I think, halfway through the episode, we're like, analysis paralysis player seems like such a negative term. <laughs> yeah. Like, and we were like, no, they're the optimizer. <laughs> yeah. The, the optimizer seems so much nicer. And, like, that's really the problem. And, like, maybe it's just that we peg a lot of optimizers as analysis paralysis, because you can get definitely analysis paralysis of, like, stuck between two choices. But I don't think that's what Josh does. Josh literally looks through hundreds of choices. Right. He is taking everything into account. And then, like, not just that one turn, but playing it out, like, three, four turns. Like, what is this going to look like at the end of the game? Yeah. And and that really is much more of an optimizer than I don't want to make a decision. Yeah. Like, Super fun to do as well. Like I like we, we mentioned <laughs> on the podcast, I love doing that. And I think a lot of AP-style people do love that too. That's their part of their enjoyment. Yep. And it, it's kind of a bummer because, you know, I like to do that too sometimes. Yeah. But I don't have to do it always. And right. so that's where the expectation thing was such a bummer for me. Because, like, I, I went first and I was like, ugh, this was a bad move oh, well, we're just playing for fun, whatever. And then to be stuck with that bad move for, like, the next two hours, <laughs> like, I'm done. <laughs> so, Fletcher, did you come away with anything more? Anything else, like, jump out you at you for this episode? Um, I mean, I was trying to think of, like, where I fit on this scale of, you know, just, I guess, you know, let it ride or analysis paralysis. Think or, it out. Yeah, or think <laughs> think it out. Um, I'm probably more kind of along your lines, Chris, where I'm just kind of like, I pick a strategy from the beginning and I'm like, this seems like a reasonable strategy to go with. Um, and then I, I, I just kind of like focus on completing that like midterm strategy, even though it might be to like my detriment in the long term. It's kind of like, I need to complete the strategy to see like how it works out and how it plays out overall. Um, unless something like in the game, like completely changes it's like, okay, well, this is not a clearly not a viable strategy anymore um but i I just kind of like pick a midterm strategy and then like focus on completing that uh and then like pick another one uh so it's kind of like a medium you know thing and usually it's like you know while other people are playing it's like okay i already have like my my next turn planned out so i'm I'm pretty much ready to go yeah we need to play more games (laughs) we do (laughs) hopefully the pandemic is pandemic is, is is over soon enough all right, well, a couple things we need to recap here. Um, let's see. Kitty never did show up to Capricorn. Um, a year no. later, <laughs> our two-week-old did make an appearance at Capricorn, though. And 
Totally don't blame you. You're more you. dedicated than I am. <laughs> yeah, totally don't blame you for not showing up. <laughs> well, the other thing, too, is we had a reason to go there. Like, Sydney has, you know, family and, like, lifelong family friends where, for you, you would have just been showing up at a random hotel in the suburbs with a two-week-old. Um, Kingdom Death Monster uh, was yet to be given away, but eventually will be, and we'll talk about that over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but that was one of our <laughs> bigger giveaways. Um, yeah. And, oh, and there was some foreshadowing in this episode that again we'll talk about it in a couple weeks so i'm just gonna leave that leave that out there all right well josh are you ready to read the names again oh my goodness i gotta <laughs> open the other tab but i will be um i'm almost paralyzed by the thought of having to do it again um but i certainly won't analyze my performance once it's done <laughs> we'll do that for you um oh i'm sure you will uh okay here we go uh so wait. Oh, I see. I see. It's the second set. Yep, I'm ready now. Are right. you ready for this? We're ready for this. So uh, finally, a huge thank you to our patrons: Adam Harrison, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, Terence Meltner, Steve Seitz, Brian Arnold, Sean P. Kelly, C. Marie, Rudy Rudy Lou, Benjamin Heimowitz, Jerry Huang. Caleb O'Brien, Jennifer Engelbrecht, Justin Willard, Christopher Dong, Jason Marks, Jeremy Fisher, David Radke, Nick Quickstra, David Sellers, Jason Rodney, Michael Yanikowski, Miles Clark, Cindy Lum, Phil Schwartzel, Aaron Reynolds, Eric Hoffman, Adrian Dong, Faz Flintham, Sean Peck, Eric Zelander, Mike Smith, Joe Hoover, Glenn Cotter, Don Gilstrap, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verhurst, <laughs> Christopher Letko, John Lewis, Joe Rackstad, Ron Nelson, Sahara Wentworth, Weatherman Keith, Nicholas Lott, Agnes Toth, Paul Raymer, Jimothy, Matthew Droke, Aaron Moore, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, David Rank, Sam Lacey Brown, and Christopher Comstock. Awesome. Five of eight. Much Done. better. <laughs> <laughs> 